You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. You guys are going to have DeAndre Hopkins in tomorrow. Is that accurate? I think DeAndre's a great player. I mean, um, obviously, we'd love to have him. There's a lot of mutual admiration between DeAndre Hopkins and Bill Belichick. But let me tell you why it could be a fit for the Patriots. They're already dealing with some injuries at wide receiver. Think about what DeAndre Hopkins would look like. I mean, he would just slide right in there and be their top guy. They need guys that's going to help Mac Jones out this year. Belichick. I don't know about that. Yeah, okay. Kathy Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, you know we are brought to you, presented by, given to you by our friends at Progressive Insurance. And yes, the Patriots are hosting wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins today and tomorrow. That according to our Diana Rossini. You know, I have to say, Canty, I'm really getting tired of this idea that Bill Belichick has earned this right to go out however the way he wants. Can we just stop with that? And the reason I say that is because the most important person who has to believe that as a as a concept is his boss, and he does not. In no way does Bob Kraft believe that Bill Belichick should be able to go out on his own terms. Take a listen to the very latest. This is him with Jeremy Schapp on the importance of the Patriots winning. Well, it's about winning. So let's see what happens. He's he's done pretty good so far. I mean, I know it's important to him, too. My objective every year is we make the playoffs. Once you make the playoffs, anything can happen. And if you don't? Well, I'm an optimist. Yeah. What does that tell you? You think there's a problem there? You think Bill Belichick is staying the coach no matter what and forever, forever, how long he wants to? Guess again. People are allowing the narrative of Bill Belichick chasing down Don Shula's win record to shape their opinion. And at some point, you have to take a step back and take what the owner of the team is saying at face value. Robert Kraft just told you in the Jeremy Schapp interview, it's about winning. It's about getting to the playoffs. They failed to do that two of the last three years. In two of the last three years, they've had losing records. You know the last time the Patriots won a playoff game? Five years ago when yeah. they went on a Super Bowl run. It's been a long damn time. So when the owner says that they've never been an organization that's focused on people chasing after individual accolades, that's just not resigned to the players. That's everybody in the organization. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Tom Brady once upon a time say he wanted to play until he was 45 years old? He did. He stated that that was a goal of his, Mm -hmm. and he accomplished that goal. You know where he had to finish his career? In Tampa, because Bill Belichick wouldn't let him stay in New England. That was a Belichick decision, and we know how much that tormented Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft didn't want to let him go. Let 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 him go, because as much as Belichick is responsible for those six trophies, so is Tom Brady. 
And what happened the moment that they released Tom Brady? He goes down to Tampa and wins a Super Bowl. You think Robert Kraft likes seeing that? Absolutely not. So if Tom Brady hasn't earned the right to go out on his own terms with the Patriots organization, what the hell makes you think that Bill Belichick has earned that right? Chris, let's just call it what it is. It's not the Patriot way. It's the Brady way. That's what it is. They haven't won without him. And Brady went on and did it without them. It's the Brady way. Mm. And to take it a step further, if you're going to get all wrapped up and all the fans are going to revolt if you fire Belichick and Belichick deserves all the respect in the world and all that stuff, let me tell you something. It really, really sent a bad message to me when asked at the owners' meetings this year what gives the fans faith in what's going on, that it's going to get turned around here. And he sat back and said the last 25 years. That showed me a guy that at the moment is not progressing, not growing, and is going to continue to do it the same way. And if I'm the Patriots, if they don't make the playoffs this year, Matt Jones doesn't take a major step forward, I'm Bob Kraft, I'm going to take a hit. All right, you know what? I'll take a PR hit. You'll get after me for a couple of weeks. I'll have a drink. I'll take a shower. And just like everybody else, I'll move on. Well, it's not a PR hit. It's him doing what's in the interest of the team trying to move forward. Let's keep in mind, the the Patriots gave no one reason for optimism coming into 2023. They hired a damn defensive coordinator to be the OC for a quarterback going into his second year. And it's the height of arrogance to do that. Of course it is. Of course it is. So if this thing doesn't work out, it's not just about the talent. Because guess what? The person that's buying, that, that's getting the talent is also the person that's coaching the talent. Bill Belichick has full roster control. He's the football czar. So you can't just point the finger at the general manager because the head coach is the damn GM too. So again, when it comes back to who's responsible for the state of affairs with the Patriots and why everybody that prognosticates when it comes to the upcoming NFL season picks them to finish last in the AFC East, We have to point to Bill Belichick being one of the reasons why. Now, I get it. The same reason why we think they'll finish last is the same reason why we won't completely discount him just because he is a damn good coach. I I just, I struggle to look at his methodology, what he's done in terms of track record in drafting players over the last four or five years, and think that that translates to sustained success for the foreseeable future in New England. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Here's my other problem with it. What is the mantra in the NFL for the player? What have you done for me lately? How good are you right now? Mm. I'm going to keep you until you're not helping me anymore. And I might, in fact, get out away from you a year before I think that's going to happen. So why is it that a coach can operate that way for 25 years? as Bill Belichick has in New England, and then all of a sudden, when his usefulness has run out, he's supposed to be able to leave however he wants. No. No, I'm sorry. I get it, how it's structured with players. But if that's the way it's going to be structured with players, if I'm an owner, I'm holding my coach to the same standard. And it's not like you haven't had a chance. I let you win the Brady battle. Yeah, 
I gave you the last few years to do it. And you handpicked his successor in Mac Jones. Yes. That's I gave you all of that. That is the respect that you earned. That is the runway that you earned. But now, that runway has run out if you're not in the playoffs this year. Listen, all you have to do is look at what Kraft said to Jeremy Schapp earlier this week. Look at what he said in March at the owners' meetings following Belichick's asinine comment to the media. Look at what he said in January after the season was over with. This guy's about winning. People want to think there's some allegiance or loyalty that's beyond just winning and being in the postseason. It's not. If Robert Kraft is a billionaire, you don't become a billionaire by being a great person. You don't become a billionaire by not being shrewd. And in this instance, that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to Listen, I've said this before, but it bears repeating. If Matt Jones and or Bill Belichick are the, are the quarterback and the head coach for the Patriots going into 2024, they have wildly exceeded our expectations. Wildly. If this team ain't in the playoffs, you can book it. Bill Belichick ain't going to be the head coach. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to be ousted from the organization. I could see putting him in some ceremonial role in the front office, but he ain't going to be on the sidelines with the hoodie and the headset. Them days over with. Because it, if he can't get it back on track, four years post-Tom Brady, after Brady has gone somewhere else and won a damn Super Bowl and retired and rode off into the sunset, that's a problem. Uh, and it, think about this. Belichick is going into his, what, age 72 coaching season? Yep. How many coaches coach beyond 72? Coach beyond their early 70s. The one that comes to mind is Marv Levy, and he shut it down after his age 72 season. I know Pete Carroll is a, is a, is a year older, so he's getting to that time too. You don't see coaches in their mid-70s in the NFL. There ain't a whole lot more runway with Belichick. People got to get past that. He might not get to Don Shula's record. You know why? Because Don Shula was a damn good coach. He might not get to that. Le- he might not get to that record, and that's okay. It doesn't take away from his greatness. But what we're not going to do is sit here and say, "Oh well, until he catches that, Robert Kraft is going to let him continue to be the head coach because he's earned it." That's crap. Robert Kraft will be more than comfortable <laughs> with a sticky situation. If it means that he can get past it and then move into the future to the next group that's going to win. that That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can help you protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, RV, and more. And if something wasn't mentioned that you had in mind, find out. If it can be covered at Progressive.com or at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE, because it probably can be. Canty, we shift from the AFC East to the NFC East and the New York Giants. And what's going on with Saquon Barkley right now? And the fact that it seems to, to some people be in doubt as to whether or not Saquon Barkley is going to suit up for the Giants this season. Our own Jordan Runon uh, was involved uh, with the press conference earlier with Brian Dable this week about Barkley's situation. Here is the back and forth between the Giants head coach Jordan and other reporters. My position hasn't changed on that from a couple weeks ago. Every conversation that I have about Saquon will be private. Are you planning as if he's going to be there? I'm just planning for today. What? I'm just planning for today. Have a good practice. Well, you're obviously with your roster construction. 
I'm just worried about today right now, Jordan. Because he's so important to the team, can something like that become a distraction eventually? From your experience as a coach. I'm just focused on today, Pat. Yeah. See, that's a head coach who is starting to get a little chippy about the situation. Both sides are frustrated with where the negotiations are. Chris, I thought Dan Orlowski made an amazing point today. Mm. And that is, uh, on Get Up today, he said, the guys in the Giants locker room understand that Saquon Barkley was the guy and not Daniel Jones, Mm -hmm. yet Daniel Jones is the one who got paid. Mm. We get what the perception is of running backs these days. But in this particular case, it strikes me that if you're the Giants and you are set on a low number after you have franchise tag Saquon Barkley, and he doesn't want to reset the market but wants more money and you can't find any room in between, you are asking for disaster for the early part of your season. Now, it doesn't help Saquon to sit out either, but for me, for the Giants, like you are scrapping the year. You are scrapping games the longer you let that guy sit out. Well, it won't come to that because Saquon Barkley's not going to use the nuclear option, which is not playing games. Mm-hmm. And that's a player's biggest leverage, withholding services. Didn't work out for Le'Veon Bell in terms of his career arc when he did that. He ended up getting his money, but after two years, he was a shell of himself and sooner rather than later found himself on the outside looking into the NFL. Saquon Barkley doesn't want it to turn into that. The Giants, on the other side of the coin, don't want to commit huge dollars to this guy with guarantees you know, throughout the first two seasons and maybe partially into a third season and get a guy that's going to be oft injured. Saquon Barkley's been in the league five years. He's only been healthy for the entire regular season twice. I have to build in some type of protections to guard against that. Now, no player that's of his caliber is going to agree to splits, but big fella, the way you guard against it is lowering the guarantee, which is probably where the sticking point comes to. Now, according to Jordan Renan, it feels like that's where the friction is happening between Saquon and the Giants. Saquon is looking at the franchise tag value for the next two years, so it'll be $10.1 million this year, $12.1 million in 2024. You add that up, that's $22.2 million. So any type of long-term contract negotiations, that should be the starting point in terms of the total guarantee for the player. And I'm not sure that the Giants are there just because they understand the injury history with Saquon. Now, I get your point about the locker room. And that's well made. But Dexter Lawrence was a draft pick. He just got paid big money this year after having an all-pro season. Daniel Jones, I get it. You paid him more than you wanted him to, $40 million a year. Only the first two years of that deal are guaranteed, and it's not necessarily a top-of-the-market deal when it comes to that position. When it comes to the running back spot, Saquon Barkley has been at the top of the market because he was the second overall pick and is asking for a deal that will continue to keep him at the top of the market top three, top four players paid at that position. If you're Joe Shane and Brian Dable, you're not going there because you're not a team that's positioned to compete for a championship. The Giants aren't in their Super Bowl window. Last year, they were ahead of schedule. I don't look at this as a team that's going to be in the Final Four or going to be in the Super Bowl. They're just not there yet. So if they're not there yet, why am I paying a running back top-of-the-market prices, especially one with the injury history of Saquon. But can I ask you this question? The deal that I made with Daniel Jones is one that I can get out from under after two years. Correct. 
you have proposed that idea of a two-year deal with Saquon. Yeah. But even positioning a deal where you could get out after two years, what harm does it do to do something like that now for the Giants to make it look a little bit better, up the guarantees for Saquon, because otherwise... Not up, but that's the point, though. They're not upping the guarantees for Saquon. So I'd say $22.2 million mm-hmm. will be the starting point for the guarantees. Joe Shane doesn't want to go there. So, and, oh, I don't, okay, and I don't but, blame him. But here's my point. Why? Because while you say you might not be in your Super Bowl window, then why didn't I just cut loose with Daniel Jones? Why didn't I just... Because I that's $40 million a year that I understand I have to pay a quarterback? Because it's hard to win without a quarterback. If you're if you're getting rid but of if Daniel, that quarterback needs this running back but, to win, but if you're getting rid of Daniel Jones, what's your alternative? Like, here's the thing: we can we can say what we want about Saquon Barkley. If you don't have Daniel Jones on this team and it's just Saquon Barkley with Tyrod Taylor, what you think the Giants are going to be? No, I understand that. No, you you got to have a quarterback in this league. So I think that that's what they're betting on. They're saying because of the the demand at the position in the limited supply. We're better off staying with Daniel Jones on a team-friendly structured contract as opposed to letting him go into free agency and extending Saquon and giving him $13, $14 million a year. Now, the happy medium that I think the Giants and in, in Saquon can come to is this. We're not going to give you the $22.2 million. Okay. If we give you $20 million guaranteed over the next two years, and the total contract value over the next two years is around $26 million. So $13 million a year for the next two years, $20 million guaranteed. I'm going to give you a full no-trade clause and a full no-franchise tag transition tag clause. Saquon Barkley gets to go into free agency after the 2024 season if he should so choose or if we don't strike a contract extension between now and then, and he gets... Some protections in in the way of guaranteed money. Not what he wants on a long-term deal, but it's a guarantee that I can live with. Now, it might sound foolish. We might be talking about a couple of million bucks, but you also got to understand that the Giants are thinking long-term with this. They got to take care of Andrew Thomas, who's going to get around $26, $27 million a year on a contract extension. You got to take care of your left tackle. He's the best player on your offense. A lot of people don't know that, but he is. They've got other players that they're going to have to take care of in the foreseeable future. They need every single dollar, which is why you can't overextend yourself for a running back. It doesn't sound like the thing that Saquon or Giants fans want to hear, but it's the underbelly of the business of the NFL. Look, the deal you just proposed, if I'm Saquon Barkley and I don't take that, I'm being silly. It's better than $10 million a year. It absolutely is. It's better is. than $10 million for a year with nothing after that. Exactly. It's it's much better, and I, I'm getting some other things where I have control over what happens. And that's the most important thing. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That is the number for you to be a part of the program. We've got so much more to get to in the NBA as well as the NFL. In just moments, Doc Rivers spoke this week. He spoke on James Harden. He spoke on Joel Embiid. One thing is clear. If Joel Embiid doesn't get the right player this offseason, and there's only one, he ain't winning a title. We'll explain next. Cantia Garland, Sirius XM Channel 80. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply 10 seconds on the clock how many things can you name that are always growing your relationships your skills your customer base how about businesses on shopify shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Canty and Carlin, I'll tell you what, there are so many fascinating NBA stories going on right now. Man, this Bradley Beal thing is heating up, isn't it? It is. I mean, Bobby Marks threw out a hypothetical trade to the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Sixers would give up Tobias Harris, which is an expiring contract after 2023, Corkman, and a 2030 top 10 protected first round pick. So essentially, what the Sixers would be trading to the Wizards is the equivalent of cap space in order to get Bradley Beal, an all-NBA caliber guard. This is Wendy earlier today on Greeny on this topic. I just think over the last three or four years when we've heard Bradley Beal rumors, I don't think they've ever been super legitimate. I, but I do think right now, before the draft, if they're going to do it, it would be now. And I think that the heat would be at the front of it. And I'm going to tell you, if Bradley Beal gets traded between now and next Thursday, I think people are going to be very surprised at the price. Mm. and how potentially low it's going to be. Mm. Because his contract is not attractive, especially going forward, uh, what it would mean to have a $50 million player on your team that may not be you know, a first or second uh, all-NBA type player. And that's if. I'm not saying they're going to, but if they do it. He, he signed a five-year, $250 million extension before this past season. They did. And he has the full no trade, which apparently, and I can't get over this, no other player in the NBA has? Yeah. They gave Bradley Beal a full no-trade clause that no other player in the NBA has? Mm-hmm. And now a year later, 
Bradley Beal can basically say, this is not what I signed up for. Get me out of here. And by the way, I'll tell you where I'm going, and I'll tell you what you're going to get in return. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, man, say whatever you want about Bradley Beal. This is a guy that can fill it up. He can. I mean, Bradley Beal can score in buckets. He's got, what, two seasons where he's averaged over 30 points a game. He's two years removed from an all-NBA season. He's made three all-star teams. He's been in basketball Siberia as far as we're all concerned. You know, that's, the Wash- that's the Washington Wizards. I, was I, I, I would be excited to see what version of Bradley Beal shows up at his next destination, which we're assuming is going to have championship aspirations. I was stunned, Canty. Earlier today, I went and looked. How many playoff games has Bradley Beal played in? It's more than you think. Like, I was stunned to find out he's played in 45 play in playoff games. And you feel like, no way that's been the case. But a lot of those came early in his career yes. when he was paired with John Wall. Yes. Yeah. And it's, he's been in the league 11 years, but you're right. He can score. He can he, score. He can absolutely score. And, and what does Philadelphia need? Scoring. A guy that they can give the Shoot basketball it. to that can score at will. Somebody that can close the game because it's hard for a big, not named Nikola Jokic, to close the game. Brad Beal can do that. Yeah, but here's the problem. And this is what the difference is for me. Let's get to Embiid and the Sixers. There's one player to me that gets the Sixers a chance to win a title now, and that's when it has to happen. And that's Dame Lillard. Hmm. They they've got to make this happen right now because going through Embiid's injury history again, we all know what it is. Superficially, we talk about it gets hurt a lot, right? Mm-hmm. In his career, which is now eight years, nine years old, he's had 15 different injuries. He, of course, missed the first two seasons. I think Embiid is reaching a point right now where it gets trickier and trickier to be able to count on him in the postseason while he is out there. He has not been healthy the last few years. So that's been the knock. If Embiid does not have a true number two that he can fully rely on to be that guy, he's not going to win a championship because this window is pretty darn small. It's it's two, maybe three years right now. Mm-hmm. And we heard Doc Rivers talking about this uh, earlier and talking about uh, Embiid. And when he was uh, discussing Embiid on the Bill Simmons podcast, he basically was saying, you know, there are times you have to point to Joel and say, you have to play here and get out there, I, I would argue that if I'm the Sixers, given the fact that he has not been able to stay healthy, I need to make, in the postseason, I need to make sure that that game's played number is not necessarily around the 65s it has been the last couple of years. It it, it should be more in the mid-50s. I, I will deal with what I have to deal with. Joel, you won the MVP last year. I'm sorry you won't reach that next year. we got to go win a title. Well, he's played north of 65 games back-to-back seasons. Mm-hmm. He's led the league in back-to-back seasons. I don't know he led the league in scoring in back-to-back seasons. I don't know that I necessarily want to cut down on the number of games played, but I would want to cut down on him having to score as much, having to be as big a focal point on the offensive side of the court, and maybe not playing 35 minutes a game. Maybe that looks more like 30 minutes a game, 31 minutes a game. Reducing his workload in that regard, I think, leaves more in the tank for when you need him the most, which is in the playoffs and presumably the two months leading up to the NBA Finals. That That's when you want to have Joel Embiid at his best. And, and to me, surrounding him with the requisite talent in order to do that should be the priority this offseason. While I love Damian Lillard, 
I think about what the asking price is going to be. I think about what that do, does to your current roster construction. And to me, that makes the alternative of Bradley Beal and, say, going after a free agent like Fred Van Vliet that much more attractive proposition because you're not going to have to gut your roster. You could potentially hang on to Tyrese Maxey so you can win now and plan to win in the future. You have the potential for sustained success if you're able to put that as your core of players. And, oh, by the way, get rid of a terrible contract in Tobias Harris that's not serving you and doing nothing in terms of supporting Joel Embiid. First of all, let's listen to Doc. Uh, Here he is on the Bill Simmons podcast uh, discussing what uh, Joel Embiid needs to do to lead the Sixers to a title. All right. Well, number here's here's the quote. They put it on the screen for me. Number one, he has to be healthy in the playoffs, and this year was the healthiest he's been, but he still was 100%. And then number two for Joe is he's got to make all his players better in the playoffs, and he has that ability. Um, so with that in mind, he's saying basically – he has to play a little bit more like Jokic, going, you're saying, trying to make everybody else around him better. Well, Jokic has better players around him, though. Yes. That's the yes. biggest difference between JoJo and mm-hmm. Joker. Jokic has Jamal Murray around him. Stop me if you see a Jamal Murray on the Sixers roster this past season. I don't. You don't? I don't. Stop me if you see a Michael Porter Jr. Or Stop me if you see an Aaron Gordon type. Think about it. They got P.J. P.J. Tucker couldn't freaking shoot the basketball. No, he couldn't. He was terrified to shoot. He was wide open in the corner. And Maxie, would not shoot. Maxi has not progressed the way we would have thought. Well, he hasn't. But again, it's a tough spot to ask a, a 22, 23-year-old. I get that he's had some good performances in postseasons past. But to be relying on him to be your secondary option on the nights that James Harden didn't show up, is a tall order. Are the Sixers winning a title with Fred Van Vliet if they sign him? Well, Fred Van Vliet has won a title before. No, that, I'm yeah, asking yeah. you this, though. Are the Sixers winning a title if they sign Fred Van Vliet? Just him by himself? No. If, they, if they're if they able to swing a deal and get Bradley Beal and have Fred Van Vliet, I would probably pick them, if they keep Tyrese Maxey too, I would probably pick them to come out of the Eastern Conference. If the Sixers make a deal... Where they're trading away some picks, and they're trading away. Now I got to go look at what the pick situation is, but where where they're making trades that involve uh, Maxi plus, and they're getting Dame Lillard, are they winning the title in the next two to three years? Yes. Do I get Do I get to get rid of that Tobias Harris contract? Yes. Yes. Yes, you do. In that deal. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like it's unattractive to them because it's one more year. Yeah, it's an expiring deal. Yeah. If I can get rid of that Tobias Harris contract, and then that means I can add another free agent alongside Damian Lillard and Joel Embiid, then sure. Damian Lillard is the best way that Joel Embiid has a chance to win a title, by far. By far. But yeah, you, and I, you and I disagree on that one. We'll disagree. I love Damian Lillard. Yeah. I love Damian Lillard, but I am scared to death of being in a situation where you have two stars and nothing else. Because that's what Phoenix had. Yeah, and, you're that right. was, and that wasn't good enough against Denver. You're right. Depth in, in today's NBA is increasingly important. You have to have seven or eight guys that you trust to be out there on the court if you're going to be able to survive the two-month gauntlet that is the NBA postseason. See, last thought on it for me. Mm. It, what has has made me arrive to this conclusion mm. is that I have no doubt if the Sixers had gone the right way and had prioritized Jimmy Butler 
over Tobias Harris and over Ben Simmons, they would have a title already. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, it is. Can't cry over spilled milk. What's the best path forward for them now? I think they've got some interesting decisions to make, but let's keep this in mind. Nick Nurse chose this job over other jobs that were opening and seemingly more attractive, that being the Bucks and the Phoenix Suns. He took the Sixers' job. I think Nick Nurse knows what the hell he's doing. This is a good job if they do it the right way. Pressure is on Daryl Morey now to figure out the pieces that need to go around JoJo, but they can retool this thing in a hurry and become a championship contender. Is the NBA shifting back to a big man league? That's next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. The evolution of the big man. See, a topic like that would, you know, make me excited thinking about me. I'm evolving. Are you an evolved big guy? I would not say that, no. <laughs> In no way am I an evolved big So when man. we're having this conversation, you want to be clear, we're not talking about you. We are absolutely not talking about me. It's Kenji and Carlin, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. What we are talking about, though, is what we just saw with Nikola Jokic. And the idea that the league might be moving back to being a big man league for the longest time now, really since LeBron came into the league, it has been a positionless league, right? Mm -hmm. Now we are starting to get back because of the skill set of a guy like Jokic, because of the skill set of somebody that is going to be the number one pick in next week's draft in Victor Webinyama. Kenty, it is striking me that as we watch the skill set of Joel Embiid, for that matter, as we watch these players, I'm wondering if this is truly becoming the next era in the league or if it's an aberration. Because I honestly, myself, 
I start to think more toward the latter, that this is an aberration and not necessarily an evolution in the league. I don't think it's an aberration at all. Look at Domitas Sabonis. You're talking about a guy that averaged 19 points, led the league in rebounding, and was in the top 10 in assists per game. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where this is going. A big men that can do it all. Now, if you want to rope Giannis into that group, you can. He plays more like a wing to me or a stretch four, not a true center, but he is 6'11 and has guard-like skill. Because the game is becoming globalized, you're starting to look at more positionless basketball, and the evolution of the game means that the center is inevitably going to handle the ball and in some instances initiate offense. Think back to the Golden State Warriors dynasty at the height of its powers. Remember the death lineup? Who was the guy that was initiating offense? It was Draymond Green who was playing center. And they went small ball. Again, positionless basketball. So bigs that can initiate offense, that can handle the ball in half-court sets and be a focal point in terms of distribution, I think it's going to become the way of the world. Now, what makes Jokic interesting is the size that he's doing it at. Not many guys are out there that are true seven-footers that are 285-plus pounds. The physicality from Jokic coupled with the court vision, the overall awareness and basketball acumen is what's going to make it tough to defend the Nuggets offense. Quite frankly, he's the most unstoppable force in all of basketball. It's not just because of his skill, but it's because of his physicality as well. So finding a big man that has guard-like skill and the physicality to match and defend against a guy like Jokic is going to be a tall ask. But you are going to see more bigs handle the basketball and initiate offense. That's just where the league is with positionless basketball. I I don't necessarily doubt that. It's just if, uh, from an injury standpoint, Jokic is the aberration. He's been able to stay healthy for his entire career. But when I'm asking guys to stay healthy and to be that big part of an offense, it scares me when it comes to a guy with a bigger body because they're always more prone to it. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.